right, Tyson. Well, uh, we're doing another X Factor Roping podcast, and uh, you're our first calf roper that I've ever had on. And, and man, I, it's something that I've 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 came to have a lot of respect for calf ropers over the last few years, just because of how different your sport is to ours as team ropers. And it's similar in a lot of ways, but the mental discipline that it takes to 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 compete at a high level year round is is really tough. Because I would think calf roping is so so competitive, and drawing is so important, and having your horses working, and and then on top of it, you know, a lot of team ropers don't really take care of their body like a calf <laughs> roper would. So there's a yeah. there's a lot that goes into it, and so I just appreciate you you know letting us be here and and uh, just taking the time out of your day to, to hang out with us. Awesome, brother. You're, I'm glad to have you. Ask away. Anything you want to know about, this is your time. We're going to let you have it. Awesome. All right. Well, I, I mean, you've got a, 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 a huge successful career to this point, and, uh, you know, it's pretty well documented, and you, and you do a good job with your Instagram, and there's a lot of stories on it, but, man, to jump into it, uh, you know, you talk about, I, I'm not sure what the, the video was for, but you talked about rodeoing and kind of just starting out and uh, and mm. rodeoing out of a, basically sleeping in your truck. And I want to kind of, I want to talk about that. Like, what was that like when you first started getting out there and rodeoing and, and trying to compete at a high level? Well, I uh, had no money. I mean, almost no money. Right. And, and even, you know, shortly thereafter, I was rodeoing hard. Uh... I'd found credit cards. So not only did I not have money, I was actually going under. Yeah. And, you know, they're like 29% or whatever, you know. And, and uh, sleeping in the backseat of my truck, I was rodeoing a lot, um, going some in Canada, going some in America, but mostly Canada. This was like 2006-ish. Uh, got to know a good friend of mine up there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I wound up at, at the bottom. Uh, I had 255 bucks to my name. I was... Uh, essentially cried myself to sleep in the backseat of my truck uh, in Innisfail, Alberta. And if anybody has been there during the rodeo, it's usually a little bit cold and kind of rainy and wet. And it was a rainy, drizzly time. I called my dad. I'm like, what am I going to do? He's like, you know, just stay focused and, and, and make good runs and just execute the basics. And I called this other guy who was kind of like my business mentor. And he's like, just go win. He's like, doesn't matter. Just just go win. Have a clear mind. Go win. And you know what? If you don't win, you can come back and work for me. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to make 1500 bucks a month working for this guy, right. right? And I'm about 25 Gs deep in credit cards, and I got $255 in my name. I don't even have enough money to get back. Like, <laughs> that was the point where I was at my lowest, and it actually it, it really hit me. I was, I was really upset because this was the second time that I lost everything I had trying to rodeo. Right. So when you hit that low moment, I mean, I, there's no worse feeling than being yeah. in a trap like that. And you feel like there's no way out. I mean, that's yeah. essentially what it, so what do you do? Uh, you know, I wasn't a Christian at that point. I had no desire to be, you know, involved with Christ at all. At that point, <clears throat> I just really tried to focus on the basics. You know, what do I need to do tomorrow to win? Okay, I gotta score good. I gotta, I gotta get the neck. And I just got to make a good run on the ground. I, I don't have to try to be fast. I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to try to make things happen that aren't meant to happen. I just got to go make a run. And uh, long story short, I ended up winning third in that round. And I think I won like fifth or sixth in the second round. And I won second average. I won nearly four grand right. at that rodeo. And that's what 
I went before that rodeo, I had been to like 19 rodeos and won $236 at one rodeo in Canada before that rodeo. Uh, and, and then, or excuse me, I went to several rodeos before that rodeo and won 200 bucks, 236 bucks to be exact. And then after that, 19 of the last 21 that I went to, I placed at. Right. 19 of 21, and it started with that rodeo. And so just having that mindset, knowing it can turn around and, and just focused on how to win, is that something that started that foundation? <clears throat> yeah, or? I mean, you just can't freaking quit. Right. You can't quit. You just have to, no matter what you do, keep going, keep pushing forward. Now, this is the second time I lost everything I had rodeo. And the first time, I left home with 30 Gs in the bank at 19 years old. I'd saved my entire life and blew it all my rookie season. Right. Didn't make the finals. Blew it all. Had to sell my horse to keep going, like to, to, to keep living, like yeah. not to keep going, but to like live because I had no money. And so uh, I tried to come back a few years later and then I hear I'm losing the second, lo losing again everything I've had, living in the backseat of my truck. And like I was too dumb to quit. Like, why am I successful now? Because I just never freaking quit. Right. Like, I know that. Tough Cooper's awesome. I know that Trevor's awesome, and that's great, and I don't focus on them, but I do know one thing, that nobody will outwork me because I love what I do, and I feel like God created me to do what I'm doing right now. Right. So just don't quit. Never quit. So that not quit attitude, that was always there just because you knew, like, hey, this, <clears throat> I'm, I'm rodeoing, and I'm just going to figure it out. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm a redheaded Irishman, you know. Uh, I used to like to fight a lot when I was a kid. Um, thank God I changed my ways. I, I'm, I couldn't whip a wet paper bag, so I don't even know why I like to fight when I was a kid. But uh, I've always had that, like, that fight attitude, you know, like, and I don't know where it comes from. I mean, I, I've studied, like, my, my grandfather's. I've studied my dad, obviously. I've been around him a lot. My brothers, I've studied a lot of famous people in society. And one thing has the like common trait, the well-known people and the people that do great things, they just never give up. Right. They keep freaking chipping away and chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And eventually they have a masterpiece on their hands. Right. But it's every single day. It's every day. It's the grind. Yeah. Even if you're freaking sick, even if you don't feel like, even if it's a little bit rainy outside, no matter what, you just got to keep get get up and get your ass to work. Right. I mean, that's all you got to do. It's pretty simple. I mean, and, and the cool thing about it is if you simplify it like that in your mind, then all that noise and all that stuff that people talk about, it just disappears. Right. Because if you get up and you go and you get up and you work hard and you get up and you're putting in the effort, the, oh man, it's muddy today, I don't wanna go, or my horse sprung a shoe, I'll give him two days off until the horseshoer gets here. Like, you just don't hear any of that noise. The negativity, the fear, you just don't hear it because you're so focused on getting it done. Right, how to. Yeah. So what are some ways now that, or even back then, that really got you to, to help with that, being able to grind every day and make the most out of, out of your days? expect crap to happen expect so every year <clears throat> january one rolls around i see all these young guys pop out or or guys that maybe aren't young but they're excited to go right they're like january one new year baby let's go denver let's enter up yeah so they go to denver they draw two kickers or two f crappy steers don't want anything they go to fort worth they draw another two crappy steers they enter jackson maybe they slip into san antonio they run a couple and they get a little bit one but by the time April hits, 
Like, unless they have bank behind them and a freaking heart that's ready to go, they're out of dough, man. They're out of money. Right. And so they go home. So what I think is if you're in that situation where you want to go and you don't have quite the capital to do it, what you need to do is you need to hold off the winter rodeos. You need to start in the spring where money lasts longer, right? So it costs a lot to go to Denver, Fort Worth, San Antonio. You know these type of rodeos but if you wait till june you might be able to work 10 rodeos for the cost that you work those four right increasing your odds to be successful yep it's just the january one mentality that hits everybody that i'm going to do this i'm going to change okay like january one for me doesn't mean crap like let's just have a process let's execute it every day and rain or shine whether I win at this rodeo or lose at this rodeo, I'm still going to keep going. Right. No matter what. If I don't have the money, I'm going to figure out how to get the money. Well, and, and it, this summer is a great example for you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, winning the world, right? Going into, yeah. uh, into July. Yeah. And let's talk about your July. Yeah, la last July was terrible. <laughs> I mean, right. And I have, like, I have procedures set in place to where if I'm not winning, this is what I do to get myself back right to winning. Right. Like I have procedures in place and it just seemed like no matter what I did, no matter whatever strategy, I just couldn't win. Just could not win. Went like 21 rodeos and won like 1800 bucks or something. And this is July. So 21 rodeos or, or 21 days is like 21 rodeos or 25 rodeos. Some rodeos are two in one day, you know, just a really, really tough time. Uh, but I was able to battle through that. And, you know, I actually had regained the lead after going that long and not winning anything, right. you know, only to lose it right before going into the finals. But, you know, man, circumstances change. Sometimes you hit slumps. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes uh, it's great. But the thing about it is you got to have staying power. And, I, and I've looked at professional football players. Why do most professional football players end up broke? Why do you think? I mean, just... I, I'm not supposed to be interviewing you here, but... <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean, honestly, just professional athletes, is they, they get a lot of money before they're ready to handle okay. it. Okay, all right. That's how I see it. True that. Okay, so you take a guy that he, he gets his first contract, maybe it's a three-year, you know, 900 grand. Let's say three-year, 900 grand contract. I've got a couple friends in the NFL, so I kind of know, like, early entry point guys, what they're making. Mm -hmm. 900 grand, that sounds like a lot, right? 50% gone right off the top, taxes. Right. That's 150 a year. 150 a year is really easy to spend, right? What happens is they get hurt within their first three-year contract and they don't get a new contract. People make their money in their second and third contracts. They don't make them in their first contract. You have to have, to have staying power. It's just like the guy that rodeos, okay? He gets out and he wants to go for six months. He runs out of money and then, and, and, and then goes home. He didn't have that staying power to get up and get ahead. Right? right? So you got to have staying power. That's rule number one. That goes along with, you know, not quitting. So a lot of times, like I would ask myself, like, how do I get the staying power? Like if, if the football player, you know, makes all of his money later on, how does he ensure that he stays there? How does he, well, he, he's got to be in the best shape that he can. Us, we got to be in the best shape. We got to work on our sponsors. Right. Okay. Develop relationships. Uh, we got to watch our expenses. What's our fuel costing? What's our fees costing? 
Are we making money month to month? Are we losing money month to month? Do we have several horses to back us up? Or are we riding on one horse? Like there's just a lot of questions that I ask myself to allow me to hedge against to actually have staying power for later in the industry. Right. And then the other thing you think about staying power, um, I'm sure for you when let's let's say it gets a little bit tough and yeah. you can fall back on, hey, I, at one point in time I was 25000 in debt. Yeah. If I can make it through that, this is no big deal. Is that is that something you it is for, build on? It is for me because I know where, like I know where I've been, and I know where I came from, you know, um, and I got a great support team now. Like I got my wife, I got my daughter, I got uh, my in-laws. I have my father. I have you know uh, one of my co- psychology coaches, Jay Novacek, three-time Super Bowl champion. I have I have great mentors in my life and. So like once you get to that level and you get that staying power, like because I know where I've been, I know where I can go. Right. You know what I mean? Because I know what rock bottom looks like and I'm willing to do whatever it takes not to hit there again. Right. And, and even I think more importantly is knowing what that looks like yeah. and, and being able to accept it and, and just get – and if you can make rock bottom work for you and know, hey, I don't want to be back here. Yeah. And I can get through it. That that's just you're just such a strong foundation of what you're you Yeah, know, you don't want to build your foundation on sand. Yeah. I mean you want to build it on stone. Right. And and that stone foundation gives you stand power. So Tyson, to kind of move back, you know, you talk about becoming a Christian and mm-hmm. having that impact. And I, I think that's such an important thing because you know, you hear it from you, it it gives you a higher purpose and, and yeah. an understanding. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, I just want to be the best that I absolutely can be. I give a hundred freaking percent. That's my deal. Like I, it's my saying. I give a hundred freaking percent because a hundred percent is all I have to give. Yeah. And you know, I, I wasn't a Christian. I had no, didn't want to. Matter of fact, at that point in my life, I didn't like it when people talked to Christ about like to me. I wanted nothing to do with that because I thought it was weird and I thought it was those guys were out there. And I started reading the Bible solely because I wanted the knowledge. I wanted knowledge. I wanted to learn. And I'm and I get to read the Bible and I'm reading James and you know it's it's talking about uh, every man should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. James one nineteen and you know James one five is if you know if any man lacks in wisdom, give freely to the ask the Lord for he gives freely to all without finding fault. But if you ask, you must not doubt. For a man who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And I'm just I like hearing these scriptures. I'm like holy cow, this is. Brilliant. Like I've literally read read 20, 30 books on psychology and finance and business, and this thing is way cooler. Right. And so I just began to have a relationship through that. Now there were witnesses. There were Ted and Linda Weesey that uh, I watched as a Christian ministry for, you know, nine years before I got saved. And I'd met other people that were Christians. And so I began to see what being a Christian really meant and what it looked like. And it was a gradual thing for me. I mean, I just had read the Bible enough, and I've decided to, that I was going to take my life and, and, and get to this point. But I will tell you one thing. I made the NFR maybe five times or whatever before I became a Christian, and I got here. And I think a lot of people thought, would think that five times the NFR or whatever was a good thing. Like, but I always knew there was more. Right. There was more for me. Like spiritually, I knew there was more winning for me. I always knew there was more. 
And when I found God, the very next year I hit rock bottom. Like I didn't even make the NFR. Tons of influences, tons of attacks coming from all the directions. Anything that could go wrong went wrong the next year after I became a Christian. And I kept fighting and I pushed through it. And then after that year, I call it of trials, I just started like climbing. And I got better and better and better and better. And I think the thing about it is what it allowed me to do was to cast all my fears and worries onto something else to where I could focus on my craft even more. Right. And I really think that's why, uh, along with the guidance of, of the Holy Spirit and God, that allowed me to get better and better. I mean, I'm roping better now probably than I ever have at 35. You know, and, and I got more pain. <laughs> yeah. I got more pain, but... Uh, but it's, it's, it's a true blessing to be able to be a Christian, you know, and to be a cowboy in the arena where it's accepted, Yeah, you know? Yeah, it's, it's cool to be in our sport where it, it is truly accepted and, and that higher purpose. And, yeah. And just like you said, the ability to work on your craft and just help that be stronger. Um, so talk about working on the craft. You know, we're, we're sitting here in your office, and I, I, you weren't in here, but I kind of get to look at your – you've got a day planner sitting like every – Basically, every hour, every yeah. half hour of your day is planned out. Yeah. And uh, and kind of talk about that. How, like, let's take me through a typical day of, of what you, you know, when you're home and you want to work at it. Yeah, so it's, I, I'm, I'm weird. I get it that I'm weird. But also, like, I realize my goals and the things I want to get, and they're not average. Like, my goals aren't to, you know, win a world championship and then retire from rodeo and talk about how I used to be awesome. Right. Like my goals are to win multiple world championships. And then when I'm done rodeoing, me think about the good old days as rodeo. Yeah, that was cool. But now I'm flying around in my private jet talking to millions of people. Right. And I don't say that to be arrogant. But one of my goals is I want to positively affect a million people. Like that's one of my goals. Right. Another one of my goals is I want to I want to fund hundreds of Christian ministries around the world. It takes a lot of money to be able to do that. And so in saying that, I don't want my good old days to be right now. I want to be constantly growing, constantly getting better. And when I'm done rodeoing, maybe I'm traveling around speaking to people. Maybe I'm uh, developing the businesses that I'm working on right now. And so... It's not really about me though. Like, I want to be successful because I want to model the behavior that my children will will take and use and model for the rest of their life. Right. You know what I mean? It's about changing, I call them generational curses in my family being broke. My family's been broke as far as I can ever remember. I mean, I mean, I know of the last hundred years in both sides of my family, except for one person has pretty much struggled financially. And I hated that. I hate the way that makes my family feel. I hate the way that I feel uh, when I can't do something. Um, and so the thing about it is, I just, I feel like I have so much that I want to do and so much that I want to become that like I have a freaking obligation to do it because Johnny over there, who's in a freaking wheelchair that can't, would love to be doing what I'm doing. And then you got, you know, other guys that are out taking drugs and jacking around. Now, I'm not condemning somebody who took drugs. What I'm saying is you better utilize the gifts that you have because there's other guy over there that's wishing and praying to God he could be doing what that guy's doing. Right. Because he can't. He's in a wheelchair. So I have a moral obligation, I feel like, to do more 
all the time. And and do more in in all aspects, right? Exactly, exactly. You're so right. I mean, hundred percent for Christ, hundred percent cowboy, hundred percent mind, hundred percent heart. Like hundred percent dad. Yeah. Hundred percent boss for for the people that work here. Uh, like hundred percent. You just that's like in it and one hundred in everything. Yeah, that's what I want. Now, are there days when I don't get there? Of course, there are days I don't get there. I mean, there's tons of days I don't get there. There are days when it sucks, you know. There are days when my schedule gets jacked up and one thing bleeds into the next, but that's what I'm trying to do. I mean, I'm trying to get there. And I think as long as your heart is constantly in the effort of pursuit of happiness, greatness, and perfection, then, I mean, I think you're doing right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the hardest thing is, uh, you know, that, that's really high expectations. How do you not get burnt out when you're doing that? Chase your dang passion. Right. Um, I get up at every day, 529. No, no alarm clock needed. I set my alarm clock for 530, and every day at 529, I am up. Now, I didn't always get that. I wasn't always that way. I was the kind of guy that would stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning and, and drag his butt out of bed at 830 or 9, you know, and go feed the horses. But back then, I, I wasn't as zoned in as I am now. See, I realize that there's a stop clock. And we're used to stop clocks like counting up, right? In our, in our world of rodeo, so you're like one second, two second, three seconds. I realize I have a stop clock and it's counting down. Once you have that thought that you only have so much time, you will not waste it. When you see somebody that died before they wanted to do you know they, they had something they wanted to do and they died ahead of it they didn't get it done and you see them on their deathbed sad that they didn't get it done what would they do for another six months to repair a relationship what would they do with another six months to you know talk to their family a little bit more like i'm chasing this like that's what i have i've got a freaking stop clock and i love what i do I love grinding away for two hours talking to people on social media. Right. I really love it. I mean, uh, and you know what changed that for me was the fact I got a I got a message from a person who said that they felt lost in a world and they felt like the noise of the world was drowning them out and that they had no relevance in today's world and that they were going to commit suicide. And after listening to some of my videos. They realize that they have value and they have self-worth and that I gave them a new lease on life. And I had no motivation to do that. I was just sharing what was on my mind, right, right? and on my heart. Once you feel like you may have helped a human being save their freaking life, you go to another level. Yeah. You really do because that to me is, is the greatest compliment that I could ever be given, you know. Uh, and, and I get messages like that frequently. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I get 50, 75 messages on my inbox, I'm going to get back to every single one of them, even if it's just a thank you, even if it's a thumbs up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because had I not got that guy's message, and maybe it just got buried in the other whatever messages, the result could have been different. Right. So I go after it like my stop clock's counting down. 
yeah. you know, and I have only a certain amount of time to get it done. It's running out. It's running out. And that every day, 529. <laughs> I love that. Cause I, like I try to get up early myself, but there's days where I'm just yeah. tired and I don't get up and I, and I, and then I feel guilty for not getting up. And, yeah. But you know. see, so here's the thing process. Right. Okay. Here, here's a little life hack. If anybody wants a life hack. Some, maybe this audience doesn't want a life hack, but I'm gonna give you a life hack. We're team helpers, we're all, all right. about life <laughs> So, life hack that I, I learned was that I prepare my breakfast and my clothes that I need the night before. So, all I have to do, wake up, bathroom, clothes are prepared, socks, everything's set out, ready to roll for the next day. I know what I'm gonna be doing the next day for an hour and a half right when I wake up. It's gonna be read the Bible and exercise. That way, like when I wake up, my thought, thought, thought process isn't like, what do I got to do today? Oh no, what's going on? See, when most people wake up, they wake up trying to put out fires. Right. Because they wake up and they're like, oh man, I'm five minutes late. I got to get to work this time. I got to put my, you know, I got to eat fast. I got to, you know. And so they're constantly in reactive mode when they start today instead of proactive mode. Because I'm prepared the night before I go to bed. I'm in proactive mode from the time I wake up. Right. It's a very, very beneficial topic. I will be doing that tomorrow. Yeah. I promise you that. He's going to have his oatmeal set out in the morning. No, yeah. that's what I have. I have my oatmeal all set out and ready to go in the morning, but I don't know what you eat for breakfast. But You know, uh, I'm kind of a yogurt guy. There you go. There you go. That's good stuff. No, that's great. I, I love that that whole mindset of you've taken control of the day. And, and then you also will work with some people too. You know, you bring in mentors and, and mm -hmm. things like that to, to try to improve, you know, how you manage your time or your, basically your mindset uh, for competition. I mean, you're doing, is that, is that something yeah. that you have started in the last few years or what is? What Since is, 2013, I really dived into that. Okay. Sports, um, would you call it just like? Sports like, psychology. Yeah. You know, I, I've always, I've always loved sports psychology. I've always, love the way the mind works i always under i was like why is it when a guy gets in a slump they just like keep going down yeah. like why can't you just run a couple of bad ones and then just get back through it and then keep going up and i begin to realize about psychology and how the mind works and how <clears throat> you know patterns everything is patterns right. like rodeo's patterns you go you get your ass kicked get your ass kicked Excuse my French. Can no, I say that? Say okay. Ass. I'm a Christian, but I'm, I try not to drop the F-bombs, but I'll say the A-word occasionally. Yeah. Anyway, you get your ass kicked. You get your butt kicked. Then you get upset about it, right? You get upset about it, which leads to then trying too hard, right? which thinks I got to win. Okay, I need to reach more. I need to push the barrier more. Right. Steer steps left, you miss. Break a barrier. Oh, that's the broken barrier that cost me winning Prescott. So what happens is... Because you weren't winning, you're trying too hard, then you make mistakes, which causes the whole process to go over again. And then finally, you draw a good steer. Now, this is the pivotal point where you can start to accelerate and climb the mountain, or you can crash and burn again, right. okay? Now, when you finally draw the good steer after running four or five bad ones, okay? You got the good steer now. What is your mindset? My mindset is, holy crap, I hope I don't screw this one up. I finally got the good one, right? Yeah. Or your expectations are so high. Yeah, like I gotta win. Yeah. You, too much pressure on yourself, you miss. Too much pressure on yourself, you make another mistake. So what I do is, great example, I'm in a pivotal point right now. I've been doing pretty good, you know, had a chance to win Fort Worth the other day, had the best calf in the pen. Right. 
uh, he got by me, and then I couldn't get him flanked, and I was 14. All right. So instead of holding on to that anger, I understand that if I hold on to that, it will carry to the next run and sabotage my next success. So what I do is I, 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 I encapsulate it. I grab a hold of it. That's Fort Worth. That has nothing to do with San Antonio. Right. I cut it off. I don't allow my emotions to get high. I don't allow my emotions to get rocked or shaky because I know that that past failure will sabotage my future success. Right. So if a person's rodeoing, like the psychology of rodeo is, all you have to do is learn how to handle your emotions. If you learn how to handle your emotions, then winning comes easier. It just, it just does. And I've gotten way better at it the last few years. Right. Like 2016, 17, 18, this year, best year of my career so far at this point. Uh, and, it, and it's not surprising that I'm 35 now. A little yeah. bit of age helps with maturity also. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in experience and things like that. Yeah. But being able to separate the, I mean, what it is and saying, that's over, we're going on to the next one. What I'm kind of curious about is, let's say you make a mistake at Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. How do you analyze maybe little issues that are uh, like a rise in a run, and how do you try to fix that, and or do you try to fix that? Well, at this point in my career, I, I really know where my strengths and my weaknesses are. So I'm a big believer in analyzing myself. Where are my strengths? My strengths are here, here, and here. My weaknesses are here and here. Okay, now a lot of guys will in business will say, let somebody else do your weaknesses. You need to dive into your strengths. Okay, that's okay if you're running a business because if I'm bad at bookkeeping, I can hire Sandy to do my bookkeeping. Right. In rodeo, nobody can take your place. Yep. Nobody can take your place. I have been openly honest with myself about what I freaking sucked at. For a long time, it was catching cattle. I would miss a lot if I tried to reach. So that would mean I would just go more swings down the pen until I could catch. And then I took it a step further. Okay, well, I need to work on my reaching. How am I ever going to get better at reaching if I don't work on it? So then I worked at it. Okay, my flanking's tough. I'm not flanking very good. I'm misflanking cattle. What do I need to work on? Okay, I need to go work in the gym. I need to do my one-legged squat, which is one of my secret exercises that I do for calf roping. Uh, I need to do my clings. You know, I need to really work my lower half of my body. And then I come back and reapply. Now, I evaluate one thing, work on it for 30 days, and then I reevaluate something else, 30 days, another thing, 30 days, another thing, 30 days. After a few years, you've, you've really up. built it up. Now, and I know I, I'm not trying to jump all over here, but what a lot of people do is they don't even really self-evaluate. Sure. And they're not really, really honest with themselves. Okay. They go to the practice pen. They just rope to rope. They might have a six pack with them. They may not. Maybe they're just jacking with, they're talking with their buddies. Like I don't let anybody hang out with me. Like in the practice pen. Like right. guys want to come over and rope. Hey, let's hang out. Let's rope. I just don't do that because when it's practice time, it's time for me to be a hundred percent focused on what I, my weaknesses are. And I'm working on that weakness to try to make it better. Well, and when you said 30 days, that, that's important to do because you, you think about, hey, you could honestly feel like one day it's fixed, but it 
truthfully yeah. might not be. And if you know, if you focus on the same thing and have that high intensity for a long enough period. You create a habit yes. is what I believe. I believe in habits. Yeah, you know, rule of thumbs around 21 days, and so that's about perfect right there. Yeah, and so even if you are focused, you go to the practice and you don't do it the right way. Some people are wanting to work on their horse. Some people are wanting to well, let's say let's say you're trying to work on your horse scoring, but you're dropping the bomb every time, right? You're trying to work on re- your reach, and you're trying to work on your horse's scoring. You're trying to work on your handle. Like if you're trying to work on three things, listen. If you're trying to work on three things in three months, I'm gonna have three things mastered, and you're still gonna be working on your three things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's another hack for team ropers right there. Yeah. So I really segment out the one thing that I feel like is my weakness and I really dive into it and work on it. This is stuff I've never told anybody, by the way. This is cool. That's, like, that's why we're here. I've never told anybody about these little hacks or the way I train, the way I practice because I had to develop them on my own. Right. Nobody told me this stuff. Right. So your audience is getting a lot out of this. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm actually getting a lot. I think I'm really just doing it for me at this point. Cool. So. Um, man, I, I, I do. I love hearing that because I, I think it's so it's so cool to see. Uh, I mean, you think about it, you won the world in 2016 mm-hmm. and you've gotten better. You've had better and better years, yeah. essentially. And, and that's cool because, I mean, it, it's tough. This this calf roping is cutthroat. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. Everyone is an athlete. Yeah. I mean, and then on top of it, you, if there's a pin of calves, there's very few that let you win money on um, comparatively to team roping. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's a lot of little details in what you guys do mm-hmm. and to be sharp and, and to get better as, as you get older. You know, I'm not saying that you're old, but, you know, <laughs> that, that is awesome to, to really witness and see. I appreciate that. You know, I really try to watch Trevor. Yeah. You know, Trevor's, I mean, he's, I think he's, he's 41 or 42. And he's retiring because he wants to retire, not because he has to retire. Right. And no, I will never be on the same level as Trevor. Even if I win a world championship every year for the rest of my career, I'll still never be on the same level as Trevor. But I hope when I get to go out, it's on my terms like that. Well, you know, I, I was talking to someone about this. And, uh, you know, how he went out has to be one of the greatest performances in sports. I mean, I think of like... Yeah, sports history, period. I think of like Jordan hitting the shot, but then he come back and kind of ruined that. Uh, but like Jeter had a walk-off in, in baseball. But you think he, he basically had to win the last round to win the all-around that year, right? Was it, I mean, Yeah, it was, it was pretty close, yeah. It was close enough. Yeah. And so it was one calf... Is a one-hitter. Yeah, and yeah. he wins the round. And just and just to go out like that... Yeah, at his age. Th- at that, that capability, I mean... I'm sure that he's feels pretty beat up at, at his point. The world, the world will never know it. The, but yeah, totally true. The world will never know it. But in my opinion, he's probably the greatest athlete on the face of the planet. Yeah, and and it doesn't just stop. Not just because I'm a cowboy either. No, it's unreal. The I mean, the amount of variables. It just is hard enough to win around, anyways. Yeah. Um, but to do it at a high level like he will when it's. All of it matters. I mean, he had to be so emotional because it's round 10. It's the last one you're going to run. I mean, to think of what's going through his mind and to have a performance like that is unreal. Yeah, great, great guy. Great, great athlete. So, Tyson, uh, you know, what's what I look up to you about, uh, not only rodeo is a big passion of yours, you have a ton of other things going. A, you know, you're one of the guys that I loved how you pushed your social media for a long time, and, and you push it for the right reasons. You know, you, you've been growing your social media. You have businesses. I mean, you're involved with companies like 
corral boots, which, by the way, mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I... There we go. There's that. my man. I, I mean, We're going to have to get you in a TD performance yeah, line. I, TD performance. Got it. I, I honestly yeah. I just uh, just kind of got wearing them, and I, and I love them. But man, that's awesome. So you're talking about life after rodeo and, and things like that. So let's talk about some business. So, yeah, that's one of my favorite, yeah. favorite subjects. What do you, what do you got kind of going for you and what's some plans? Man, um, got several businesses, uh, going on right now and I'm doing my best really to try to stay on top of them, keep them growing, uh, the, at the rate that I want, you know, right. I'm not happy with 3% a year. I'm happy with 30% a year. And at these stages of the game, I get to have that because we're, their businesses are pretty fairly green. Uh, so we got our belt buckle business, ShayMichelleBuckles.com. Uh, you can go there, check it out. But we do, um, this year, or last year, we did about 8,000 belt buckles, roughly service hundreds of associations. Um, we also have the jewelry line through Shea Michelle Buckles. Uh, got my TD Performance boots. We have ShayBabyBoots.com. It's our baby boot line that my wife and I came up with a few years ago. Right. Now I have several retailers carrying that. Um, which, uh, TD Performance jackets. Got those coming out. They're uh, more so for association orders. So uh, when a company or when an association comes to us and wants to buy belt buckles, they'll be also be able to buy our jackets as well. Right. So it's just it's just another product that I've been working on for a few years. But honestly, the thing is, is I realized that, and and I'm gonna just be very blunt, that three years after I'm done roping calves, nobody's gonna care anymore. Right. Nobody's gonna care. I mean, like Prince, you know who Prince is, right? I've Prince died yeah. and everybody was like crying. And I, I'm going to use this because it's one of my guys that I love says it all the time. So I'm going to say it. Prince died and three days later, nobody cared. Like they went on with their life. Yeah, they love jiving to his music and like who it is, but it's not like they're crying for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I don't want to be so egotistical to think that everybody will just remember who I am forever. Sure. Like... Sports is sports, man. The absolute best of the best of the best of the best, like, are remembered. Yeah. Trevor's probably going to be remembered. Jordan's remembered. Gretzky's remembered. Tyson, I might be remembered. I might not be, be remembered. But I will know one thing, that I will be able to support my family and my ministries after I'm done rodeoing. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I have these businesses, because they're, they're things that I love, and they're things that I use every single day. But they're also things that are going to help propel my future, okay? And they're going to be things that I can help and service people with. It's like if I have a quality pair of boots or a nice jacket or a belt buckle and you're a cowboy and I feel like my product's better than somebody else's, like I have a moral obligation to sell you that product. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. So that's really what I'm after about now. Like I've always wanted to be a good businessman, but I also want to be able to do things like have these companies to where I can give, you know, thousands of dollars to ministries. I can give to cancer organizations. I can uh, have, you know, rodeo camps here at my house, you know. And so um, I'm very blessed and very thankful to be able to have stumbled into these businesses that I, that I have now because I have a lot of people that believe in me and I don't take that for granted. And that's, that's the thing, like the, the, the audience out there, the people that are watching, you know, you got to find somebody that believes in you. You have to find somebody that pushes you every day to be better. For me, that's my wife. That's my God. That's my mentors. And... I just feel like I can be so much better. I can do so much better because I have a lot more to give to people. Like, 
strategies, life hacks, encouragement. Encouragement's a huge one. That's what I want to give to people. And I'm blessed to be in an industry like being a cowboy to where, you know, the type of people that are in our industry are the best people in the world. Very true. They have good ethics. They love their families. They love their animals. They're the best people in the world. Like some guys will say, man, I wish I was a football player so I can make a million bucks a year. Not me. I'll be a cowboy to the day I die because I love my industry. And I love the people that are involved with my industry. Right. Man, I think you, you know, it's it's cool to to hear that and your passion about it because if the the perspective of maybe Tyson the calf roper might go away, yeah, um, but it won't go away. You know, you will not go away with yeah. your businesses and after mm-hmm. after rodeo is over because of the impact that you're trying to have and, and through your businesses and through your ministries and things like that. And that's that's so important to understand is there there really isn't an end game. When you hear that, it's no, just... yeah, because here's the thing, you know, and, and if my peers in rodeo probably won't listen to me because um, I'm already at, at we're kind of at the same age and the same level, like the people that are closest to you listen the least. Sure. It's just the way it is. Uh, and I understand this, but like if I could talk to a 33 year old team roper that's had decent success or a bull rider that's, you know, at that stage of his life, like set something else up right now. Right. And how you do that is you take a second, you take a snapshot of your mind. Okay. Take 20 snapshots throughout the day. And if you could replay those snapshots, what do they look like? What do you think about? What's your mind gravitate towards? Whatever your mind is gravitating towards the most, that's what you go after. You find a business to support it. If your mind gravitates towards podcasts right if your mind gravitates towards construction if your mind gravitates towards you know endorsements just set something else up because this rodeo this winning is great and you'll be remembered for a little while maybe you hang on for 10 years you know may after you're done maybe people remember but eventually nobody's going to know you know who you are and you have to have something else to feed your family because your family lives longer than the rodeo days you know, your friends live longer than your rodeo days. The things that you want to be involved with go further and past that. And you don't want the best days of your life to be the days that you rodeoed. You want the best day of your life to be the next day of your life. Right. And just constantly setting that up. That's that's a great, great point is little snapshots. Um, and, try, and then I think that what that does is just help you understand what you're truly passionate about and, yeah. and what your your heart is thinking on. I mean, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I could go on another little little rant about that. You know, I hear people say all the time, they're like, I'm like, what do you want to do, man? Like, what do you want to do? Just like do something. Just get after it and go. And like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know what I want to do. Okay, well, take the Snapchat method the snapshot method. If you just snapshot your mind, you could be a one sentence journal. What are you thinking about? Where does your mind naturally gravitate towards? That's what you need to be doing the rest of your life. Right. Okay. Your mind will tell you what you want to do. You just got to listen. You got to listen to yourself, you know, and I, I, and that's for the kids, you know, that's for the, for the young people that really have no idea that are you know, it's okay to be 25, 26 and not know what you want to do. It really is. I mean, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I didn't start my businesses full-fledged until three, four years ago. 
right? Early 30s. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we had the buckle business prior to that, but it was just Shay's deal. I wasn't involved. I wasn't emailing customers. I wasn't posting. It was just her deal. Um, and once you start to gain momentum and growth, you it, it's really amazing what can happen in just a short period of time. And I'll just give you a quick stat that maybe nobody knows about me. I don't know. Uh, in 2012, I bought my place here in Weatherford. Um, and uh, after we made the down payment, which was borrowed from a friend. Right. Because I didn't have the money for it. And paid the closing costs and did all that stuff and then financed all the money. I had like $700 to my name. That's 700 bucks. Yeah. I didn't even have enough money to make the next payment. Right. So, and we're doing really, really well right now. And we got a lot further to go. But what I'm saying is, and the reason I'm giving this example is that if a person's in a point where they think there is no hope and they can't keep going and there's not any money, like things can change that fast. They really can. They, they can just change so fast. And I, I wish people would know that, that things can just change so fast. They truly and truly can. But you have to be have a, you have to be executing a plan and getting better. Like if you got seven hundred bucks in your account with no plan, no ambition, and no job, you're going to go nowhere. But if you have seven hundred bucks in your account and you have ambition, you have a plan, you have hunger, and you know what you want to do, then just go do it. Right. Things will turn around for you. That's that's powerful. I mean, to think about that, and you you can even think about it the other way. What happens? If you've got seven hundred thousand in the bank, or you just start a business and you have no work ethic, or you haven't, yeah. you don't. You're going to end up at zero anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it, you might as well be seven hundred. Yeah. Um, the guy with seven hundred dollars that knows what to do every day and how to work the plan is going to be yeah. far better off. Yeah, just learning, and I, I love to learn. I'm a sponge. Yeah. Like, I, I did a post today about searching for knowledge. Right. You know, um, and if you just constantly search after knowledge every day of your life then you will be great. You'll be so huge by the end, you know, and there, and it's not about you. Like for me, everything I do is not about me. I'm just doing what I feel like God wants me to do. And I'm doing it with a hundred percent effort because I know that I can change John's life over there. I know they can change, you know, Sandy's life over there because they see what I'm doing on social media and they think because that guy did it, I can do it. And, and that's, it's important to understand that. And I think it's also important to understand that, hey, maybe it, it might not be your social media. It might just be your daily life, how you're living it. Or you might Actions. be struggling. And to see someone watch you go through a struggle with faith might save that person's life or have a huge impact on yeah. them. And I think that understanding that, living that out is, is important and, and being 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Um, I know we're getting a little bit low on time. Uh, there's a couple, obviously Tyson, one thing I, I want to say with the Buckle Company, my parents, uh, they put on a weekly jackpot. Oh, cool. We buy, I, I don't know if we buy the most buckles from you guys, but it's a lot. Oh, and you guys buy buckles from us? Oh, yeah. Okay, them. cool. In fact, uh, my That's mom, awesome. Uh, Sweet. Uh, Thank you have, for that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we, dude, we're already using them. Nikki, she's won one. My there wife's won a buckle. Love it. Uh, so for our fantasy football league, uh, we're designing some buckles for that as well too. So, That's awesome. Yeah, but I'm thinking like the world title buckles is what is what we need to go. With yeah, there you go. Football. Better get that checkbook out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Tyson, where do we find you at? 
social media, you know, Instagram's my big one. Like, I know a lot of people, uh, they reach out to me. They don't hear back from me that day. You know, it's because I have scheduled time to respond to Instagram messages, Facebook messages, fan messages, Twitter messages. You know, there, there's a lot of different platforms. But at Tyson Durfee on Instagram, uh, Facebook is just my name, my fan page. Um, Twitter is my name. Just, just, just search me out. I mean, if you want to connect with me, I'd love to connect with you. If I can help you in any way, uh, just holler at me. Awesome. Um, and I'll, we'll also have all your handles on the on this post as well. And awesome. Everything. One last thing. Uh, I've, you know, you talk about the Bible being the ultimate book. So yeah. Let's talk about a couple other books, maybe with business or psychology. What are what are a couple of your favorite ones that you would suggest to people to kind of check out that kind of help you develop and grow within uh, within your businesses and uh, and uh, you know the rodeo industry? Yeah. So there's there's a there's a it really depends on what you want, right? You know, are you want to learn about you know sports psychology, inner game of tennis? I love the inner game of tennis. I can't remember who the author was. I've read so many of them now. Yeah. But uh, absolutely amazing book. Um, if you're wanting to learn about manage your, manage, managing your time and just like executing the, the best day of your life, The Perfect Day Formula by Craig Ballantyne. He's got his second book out there, Unstoppable. Uh, I'm reading it right now. I, I, he's my performance coach. Okay. Um, but he is a great author. Uh there's another guy named Ed Milet. If you guys don't follow Ed Milet, you should be because you're missing out. The guy's unbelievable. I finished his book, I don't know, a few weeks ago. It's called Max Out. Okay. Um, those are just three. Uh, Bedros Kulian, another guy. He's a Russian immigrant. Another one, a, a big business guy and, and a guy that just like really tries to crush his day. His a book is called Man Up. It's another awesome one. Um, uh, Tim Glover, Relentless. Yeah, that one's pretty. That uh, looks pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, there's just so many. The thing is, just to try to learn. But those those are the books that I, I've you know I, I believe in and I love and um, you know just search for knowledge every day. Yeah, you know? you're constantly reading. You kind of yeah. go through a book every couple of weeks or every. Yeah, like probably that. a month. One a month. Really, so. right now because yeah. I don't schedule time to read in my planner, uh, but like. If I'm driving to a rodeo and the guy that works for me is driving, I'll read. If I'm at an airport, I'll read. So that's usually how it works for me. I got you. Well, Tyson, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Uh, man, it's great to, to have this conversation. Yeah, you bet, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks for having it. Thanks.